Welcome to your Active's Digital Brief podcast. My name is Samuel Stolton, and each week I aim to bring you some of the most relevant and timely technology stories in the world of EU politics and policy. This week, we take a look at the Commission's plans for protecting the future of platform workers in the European Union. You'll hear from Commission representatives on the EU's future objectives in this field, and we also speak to Ludovic Voet, Confederal Secretary at the European Trade Union Confederation, on the need to better protect the workers of the gig economy in Europe. For a full breakdown of all the most important stories over the past seven days in this patch, sign up to my free newsletter or take a look at it online at youractive.com. This is Youractive's Digital Brief Podcast. This episode is powered by Facebook. Working together is more important than ever in the fight against COVID-19. At Facebook, we're working with nearly 100 governments and organizations globally, including the World Health Organization and European Center for Disease Control, to distribute authoritative COVID-19 information on our platforms. Get the full story at about.fb.com Europe. The European Commission has launched a public consultation as a means to test the waters for new rules that may give platform workers better employment protections in the future. European courts have over the past year acted to boost gig workers' rights. The UK Supreme Court ruled recently that Uber drivers are entitled to workers' rights, including a minimum wage, while a Spanish court said last year that riders for Barcelona's food delivery app Glovo were employees, not freelancers. Developments in this field come as the COVID-19 pandemic leads to a rapid rise of online platform work, with food delivery companies hiring more staff to deal with a surge in business. Indeed, such gig economy workers have become essential living under the coronavirus pandemic, and still, they are without basic rights, pension opportunities, insurance, and for many EU countries, there is a great deal of ambiguity over collective bargaining rights and access to union support. But there are also some really serious issues that need to be addressed here with regards to the algorithm as a management tool, surveilling platform workers' performance throughout their shifts, ranking their availability for picking up jobs, as well as the broader fears that the algorithm used in certain gig economy jobs could discriminate against certain workers. Indeed, for employees of the platform economy, the algorithm is truly a tool of surveillance capitalism. Now, speaking at an online event on Wednesday this week, the Commission's Just Quarter, Director General for Employment, Social Affairs and Inclusion, said that the coronavirus pandemic has highlighted the need to protect platform workers as part of new EU rules that the EU executive will put forward later this year. This is what he had to say. I'd like to mention very briefly platforms where the Commission is working already on uh, on legislation uh, for uh, to protect the, the workers who are in that sector, which is not so big if you look at the numbers, but which is again one that is uh, quite promising and booming and growing very, very fast. And there, again, as I said, in line with our principle of uh, setting minimum rights, we try to avoid that this very promising sector, now also how important it is, in times of COVID, that um, we do not create um, precarious jobs, that people have a proper insurance, that they have access to a pension entitlement, all the basic 
uh, in a way, uh, normal things that we expect uh, from the labor market in the, in the European Union. So that's going to be very interesting. In that context, we are also reflecting about uh, algorithm management. So what does it mean that you are being asked to do a job by a computer? What does that mean for the relationship between the employer and the employee? Fascinating new topics. Honestly, the input from, from businesses like yours are, are really, really crucial for us to better understand and to see how to, how to move uh, forward. And more widely, stakeholders are keen to make sure that the European Commission fully understands the issue at play here for platform economy workers. And while no one from the industry was prepared to talk to us on this issue this week, I nevertheless took the opportunity to share a few words with someone at the centre of the debate representing the workers themselves, Ludovic Voe, Confederal Secretary at the European Trade Union Confederation. Hello, Ludovic. Thank you very much indeed for joining us here today. I wonder if we could start by talking about the day-to-day -day life for gig economy workers. What is the general nature of their work? How precarious is it? And how few rights and protections do they currently have? It's uh, quite important to recognize that workers in uh, platform companies uh, have, uh, are in a difficult and precarious situation. I think uh, in particular uh, in their access to uh, social protection, in the um, provision of uh, health and safety measure, the fact that they have uh, difficulty to uh, organize themselves uh, uh, to collectively bargain with uh, the platform, that also uh, there's a high unpredictability uh, of uh, their uh, working conditions. And, uh, for example, a recent um, study from uh, the ILO shows that uh, on-location um, workers uh, in platforms are, for example, uh, working an average of uh, around six, uh, 60 hours a week. Uh, so it means uh, when you are working 60 hours a week to make a living, of course, you don't have time uh, to access training. You don't have time uh, to, uh, to enjoy also um, uh, yeah, other parts of your uh, social life even if of course with the pandemic it's uh, difficult but you can see with uh, this uh, average uh, hour uh, that they are working to uh, to try to uh, to survive with uh, undecent uh, wages that uh, this is uh, clearly a challenge uh, for them uh, yeah, to access uh, decent uh, working conditions and wages. So for for me, I think the most important is that yeah, clearly, uh, as you don't know when you will be working, uh, as you don't know when uh, a ride will come, or uh, as you don't know when uh, you will have a mission uh, if you click. Uh, either online, either on location, uh, the unpredictability of your working conditions is also something that is highly uh, stressful and that, uh, yeah, uh, undecent uh, wages, even they, they, be, uh, they stay undecent wages, uh, even if you, um, when you can't predict them, it's uh, really uh, complicated, of course. And in Brussels, it appears that the European Commission has recognised some of these concerns with the gig economy. Um, they've launched a public consultation on possible new rules for platform workers. How exactly do European trade unions feel um, about the Commission's efforts in this field? And what exactly are the trade unions calling for as part of these plans? 
The European Commission has launched uh, last week the two-stage consultation, so the first-stage consultation of the social partners. Uh, so I think it's an important step that uh, the Commission uh, asked to the, the trade unions and the representative of employers how they uh, they feel about uh, this uh, for us in our uh, sense uh, on a regulated uh, area of uh, the labor market, uh, where uh, there's a lot of legal uncertainty, but not for the platforms. The legal uncertainty is for uh, the workers. Uh, and it's important that uh, in the Commission's document, uh, we are asked uh, to discuss about the employment status and all of other uh, topics, but uh, that uh, there is a recognition that the uncertainty about the legal uh, employment status uh, brings a lot of others uncertainties, as the employment uh, status, of course, determines in the mem different member states the access to different uh, rights. With the European Trade Union uh, Confederation and the, uh, the trade unions, we will uh, defend that workers, uh, if they are online or offline, uh, they are workers. So here we have to speak about the precarious uh, workers uh, in general in their access to uh, collective and individual rights. Uh, so I think there's a work uh, that has to be in, done there. But when it comes concretely to the uh, platform economy, we have to address the problems that uh, this new model, uh, business model, um, puts to the labor market. And uh, we have for this uh, to recognize that these uh, platforms are companies that uh, uh, can have the function of employers. This is why uh, we will uh, propose uh, to the commission uh, the presumption of employment relationship. We think that uh, this is uh, the way uh, forward uh, so that these uh, workers are presumed employees until it is proven otherwise by the platform. Because in the situation in which we are now, it's up to the most vulnerable in the relationship, uh, so the worker, to prove uh, behind, uh, uh, in front of courts uh, that is in uh, a subordinate uh, situation. So this is unfair, of course, because the access to courts is something that, uh, uh, of course, is difficult for workers that are in precarious uh, situation, but also uh, the, the company, the application, has uh, uh, even more information to prove uh, the existence of the relationship uh, of subordination or not. So I, I think there, there's a work to do uh, to really um, yeah, recognize that these workers are companies that can be uh, employers and have uh, also obligations as companies, even if they subcontract the task to uh, self-employed. So I think we have to bring back uh, in uh, the legality uh, the, uh, these, uh, these platforms that are, in fact, uh, through the algorithm, uh, they are companies organizing work. Uh, so uh, the, the algorithm is, uh, is a tool, is only a tool to manage uh, the organization of work. Uh, and uh, this is something that we have to frame because it's even uh, harder, of course, uh, for workers to organize. It's even uh, harder also to know, uh, to go in the black box of the algorithm. So we need uh, new regulations uh, that uh, really uh, looks at uh, these uh, different dimensions that were already problematic before uh, the, uh, the emergence of uh, platform work, uh, but that are in even more important with, uh, with platform work in, uh, in, uh, yeah, in the field of uh, labor rights uh, and collective rights. Mm -hmm. And Ludovic, I'd like to pick up on a point you just made there with regards to algorithm management. Um, of course, gig economy workers um, are under, I suppose, the management of a very different organizational structure. They're controlled or their workflow is controlled by an algorithm rather than a traditional um, superior uh, individual, as it were. Um, 
How problematic is this in terms of ensuring that platform workers are given these rights, are given certain things like you talk about a presumption of employment relationship when they are working really um, as a subservient to the algorithm? I think the algorithm uh, is uh, problematic as uh, in the the question of uh, the transparency uh, in the how uh, it manages the data, how uh, it disconnects uh, uh, really uh, people uh, that wants to work, uh, on how the rating uh, can affect uh, also uh, the the next work of uh, the workers, and this uh, changed the game uh, from a traditional uh, organizational uh, management. Uh, but for us, it's still a management. Uh, so if it's management, uh, the tools of the algorithm is also a powerful tool that if it's done not on the basis on, uh, of uh, lowering uh, uh, labor costs, the, uh, the algorithm management can also be a tool uh, that, uh, that it, if it was used uh, to make respect uh, labor and social rights, it would be used also to prevent health and safety risk. It could also uh, really uh, ease uh, the, uh, yeah, the, the working condition uh, of workers. So I say that to say that digitalization is in fact not the problem. Digitalization can really be a tool. The, uh, the data uh, is, uh, can really be a tool to improve the working conditions. The the problem is that if a business model uses platforms uh, to make profit and uh, to lower uh, labor costs, in that case, comes into uh, opposition uh, to uh, the transparency uh, and uh, the fact that the workers can have a say on their uh, working conditions. So I would say that this is this extra dimension uh, of uh, not seizing uh, how the algorithm works uh, that makes it even more difficult to have also collective bargaining. But we know that it is possible if we make this algorithm transparent, uh, if we know how it works. Uh, uh, if we bring the collective bargaining agreement uh, that uh, we hope uh, can uh, can come in the next few uh, months and years in this sector, if we bring the collective uh, bargaining agreement in the algorithm, then it can help improving the work, uh, workers' rights. Yeah, and it strikes me as though the transparency of algorithms is the least we should be asking for, because the way these algorithms operate, it, it strikes me as a new instrument of surveillance capitalism, really, because it does monitor the workers' performance throughout their entire shift and is constantly extracting data streams on, on how they're going about their work, how they're performing their work, if they're meeting targets. Um, and of course, we know that uh, certain companies use these data streams in order to rank their employees by performance. And this could be problematic in terms of workers having access to labor as part of their everyday um, employment, if you like. You can also integrate the question of discrimination uh, there uh, because uh, there's no uh, control about uh, how they work on uh, uh, how discriminative uh, AI can be and algorithm can be. So uh, I think it's also a dimension that uh, uh, is at the core of uh, our yeah, social Europe and equality uh, demands. So uh, I think uh, this can't be uh, also overlooked. Great. Um, coming back to the current context, how much more pressing of an issue has this become um, amid the coronavirus pandemic? 
I think that uh, we have to recognize that 11 months after the start of the uh, confinement due to the COVID-19 epidemic, uh, the workers active in, on these platforms are still denied access to almost all their social and collective rights. So everybody has recognized that they are essential workers, but they still do not access their full, uh, full rights. So I think it's uh, uh, quite uh, problematic that uh, we, uh, it's not advancing uh, at the pace it, uh, it should. Uh, recently, court cases have uh, shown uh, that uh, uh, the question of the employment relationship, that the transparency of the algorithm, that the subordination uh, between the platform and the worker uh, was uh, problematic and uh, that there was a problem to fix. Uh, so now uh, uh, it's even more important as uh, this, uh, this is uh, work that is uh, growing. Uh, I would say that when the COVID-19 crisis will be uh, finished, maybe uh, in some uh, in some sectors there will be less work uh, than before uh, on these platforms. If a restaurant open again, uh, people won't uh, maybe order. Uh, but there's a more uh, long-term discussion uh, not linked to the, the pandemic. It's in fact linked to digitalization of the world of work. We know that uh, more and more if we do not frame uh, these uh, relationships uh, with, uh, uh, there will be more and more sectors active uh, through uh, platforms. We see that uh, so when it was only about uh, food delivery that was something that did not uh, maybe exist as such uh, before, this was maybe a new sector. But now it's coming, for example, uh, uh, applications in the cleaning sector, uh, applications, yeah, uh, organizing uh, 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 also how uh, to uh, to bring people, uh, waiters into uh, into bars and restaurants. So I think uh, every uh, area of work has to ask. Uh, we have to ask ourselves if in every area of work with digitalization we face the risk of uh, going uh, to a platformization of uh, our economy. Uh, and so this means for us that we need to ensure that this. Uh, digitalization of the economy through platforms algorithm uh, have to be compatible with the employment relationship with labor and collective rights and that uh, it's not a basis on uh, lowering uh, labor costs and labor rights. Mm -hmm. And finally Ludovic if we look at recent developments in Europe particularly in the UK where the Supreme Court recently ruled that Uber drivers are entitled to workers rights such as minimum wage etc do you think that there's a general move towards better protecting gig workers across Europe? Uh, there is a move and there is a call a lot of workers uh, that they are supported also often by uh, trade unions uh, in the uh, different uh, countries. They went to court, uh, they won uh, in uh, Spain against Deliveroo, they won uh, in Italy, they won in uh, in the Netherlands two weeks ago, they won also in the UK. So we have a lot of court cases, individual or collective court cases that shows that there's a problem uh, to be fixed. But also uh, workers have tr uh, be uh, begin to organize also, of course, in these uh, in these sectors, the problem, of course, is that uh, the platforms do not want to enter uh, in collective bargaining, uh, discussing the working conditions uh, of uh, these workers. And uh, the extra challenge that these workers have is that uh, there's no physical place that they can meet. Uh, they don't know who are the other workers active uh, on the platform. So it's, of course, for collective uh, organizing and defense of your uh, interests as workers, a an extra challenge 
challenge uh, that brings uh, the uh, algorithm. But this uh, this dimension of court cases showing clearly the problem, this dimension of uh, also uh, workers organizing themselves. And in some countries, we already have collective uh, uh, bargaining agreements, like in uh, uh, in the Nordic country with uh, uh, with uh, with some platforms. Uh, it's uh, it shows that uh, it is possible also to frame a future of work uh, in this platform that is compatible uh, with the uh, the labor rights. And uh, I think that the recent example of Just Eat, for example, that shows uh, that said in France and in other countries that they will hire uh, more than thousands uh, salaried people uh, in employee relationship shows that it is possible. And that is only a myth that some platforms that want to escape uh, their different obligation uh, want to uh, to avoid. At the same time, there's also a lot of big uh, platforms that want to avoid any new regulation. So we are at a moment where uh, Europe has to make a choice. Either they protect their workers uh, due to the imbalance of situation where we are, where uh, most of the rights are sincere have not been respected, or uh, they let these companies uh, continue to discriminate um, and uh, to not respect the laws. So we can't, I think, in this process, let uh, these big companies rewrite the laws because they are out of them. Uh, we have to bring them back and put regulations to ensure uh, that they respect uh, our uh, different labor and social standards. And a big thank you to Ludovic for speaking with me recently on this issue. That's all we've got time for this week. Please remember that online with us you can get a comprehensive breakdown of all the tech stories in the EU politics and policy domain with my free digital brief newsletter. Sign up online today and don't forget to also subscribe to this podcast published as always every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher and Amazon Music. I've been Samuel Stolton and thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.